Ohio State keeps adding to its roster. This time it's a five-star quarterback. That's Jeremy Birmingham on Bill Landis. These are snap judgments brought to you by Byers Auto Berm. Ohio State has added Julian Sayan, like the, uh, you know, just as we all expected on January, whatever. Ohio State is adding, you know, the consensus top quarterback in the class of 2024 to its roster. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary about that whatsoever. This is college football. And we all love the way that rosters are getting put together these days. Um, how did Ohio State's view on this evolve over, I guess, whatever the, the time period was from when Julian saying went into the portal following Nick Saban's retirement to this point now where the Buckeyes have uh, welcomed him into the program? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's not funny. Ha ha. It's funny. Oh, because this this is what's happening. We're in such a crazy time of college football and roster management and, and the co- coaching carousel and the transfer portal that uh, my AirPods have burnt out. So apparently <laughs> that's why I'm wearing these today. Um, the reality is uh, Ohio State went into Friday morning thinking this was a situation that they didn't need to entertain. It was like, well, We've got Will Howard, we've got Devin Brown, we've got Lincoln Keynotes, you've got Aaron Nolan as the incoming freshman. The roster, the alignment was set up the way that they wanted it to be after years of, of trying to get it back to that because of what happened with the Quinn Ewers thing and how that sort of uh, threw the entire quarterback room for not like a, a loop from as far as a competitive standpoint or whatever, but like it, it misaligned the, the room um, and forced you to kind of be uncomfortable with having two quarterbacks in the class of 2021 and then having to add Devin Brown late when you didn't really get a full, like real evaluation of him over the whole year, then you lose, you know, uh, the, then CJ Stroud's out of there in two years when you weren't sure that he was going to be that great, but then he was greater than great. Um, and, And so there was a reluctance to just throw another piece into the puzzle because you didn't need to, uh, but, what really happened over the last couple of uh, days, you know, between the time Ohio State was unsure about this decision versus sure about this decision, was the conversation that this is Ohio State, and if you're going to win a national championship, if you're going to have a national championship standard, um, which maybe they, you know, that's another conversation whether they should or should not have that standard. I mean, that that's fair, I think, uh, considering they've only won two in the last forty years, but. I think the question is, how do you say no to the quarterback that you had circled as the best player in the country at that position? Um, how do you say no to upgrading your roster? Because that's what it is. It's an upgrade of the roster no matter what. Um, and, and how do you say how do you say no to that while believing in competition at its core? And, and it just came down to that if you want to be the best, you need to bring in the best. And if the best wants to come in, you can't say no. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of of two minds here and I'm going to I'm going to try not to sit on the fence the, the whole time. But I could see the side of the argument that is this is a potentially very disruptive move for Ohio State and quarterback recruiting and and sort of like maintaining the health of that room is is already an incredibly difficult challenge and I think only going to get more difficult. So why why sort of in, invite that? Um but then the other side of it is like yes, that's all true. So you better make sure you have guys in your program that you think you can play. So when when the guy who is the consensus number one quarterback in the class says says I want in, even if the timing is odd, and even if you weren't playing or planning on it, excuse me, I also understand like coming around to the idea of like you know what I, th- I think we need to do this. So yeah. I, I my 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 lean is is the latter. Like I, I said this when we talked on the Caleb Downs snap judgment the other day that if if Ohio State had evaluated Julian saying as at least as good as Aaron Oland, if not better, 
then I think you probably need to take them, or I would take them if I were in their shoes. So I'm not surprised that they've come around um, to this idea, but it, but it is like now it's it's a really difficult thing I think to manage for Ryan Day. I don't I don't know that uh, like you know it, it tremendously, or I don't think that it impacts things like in a negative way. It's just you have to get guys bought into the idea of of an insanely competitive environment, and and I think on some level quarterbacks who decide to come to Ohio State are already programmed that way, but this is different. So this requires I think a lot of difficult conversations, you know, conversations that, that perhaps aren't totally dissimilar from the conversations they had to have when they decided to bring Will Howard into the program, but he's a one-year rental. He does not have much of an effect really on Lincoln Keenholz's timeline or certainly Aaron Nolan's timeline. Now bringing Julian Sain in, who is the same year as Aaron Nolan, one year behind Lincoln Keenholz, you know, that that's a different animal to, to try to wrap your mind around. Um, and, and I guess like Ohio State, has to massage that now moving forward. But, you know, Ryan Day also gets paid $10 million a year to, to have those uncomfortable conversations and to, you know, keep, keep players apprised of the situation and, and do what's best for Ohio State in the long run. So I, I think this is a good thing. Um, I I know that you and I maybe have seen this a little differently as it's played out the last couple of days. Like, how, how do you just, like, personally feel about it now that it's happening for Ohio yeah, State? Yeah, I, I, what I feel about it hasn't really changed. I just don't think it... it I understand both sides of it, though, and I think that I, I don't want to sound like you. Like I'm not trying to be on both sides of the argument, but I think there is a fair argument on both sides, and the reality is Ohio State wants to be the best program in the country. What's different about this is the timing. If this happened in August and Julian Sand called and said, hey, oh, I want in, Ohio State would have called Aaron Nolan and said, hey, this is now happening we want to give you the opportunity to to make yourself aware of this, and and how do you proceed from here is up to you. That's what happened with CJ Stroud and Jack Miller. I mean, Jack still came in with CJ in the class and tried to fight it out, and, and CJ ended up winning that battle. Like that's totally fine. That happens. Um, it, it feels more like the Queen Ewers thing than it does the CJ Stroud thing because of the timing of it. It comes in, it disrupts things in a way that puts people. Uh, you know, even CJ Stroud, who was going into 2021, the clear cut starter in everyone's mind. Yeah, you know, there was the competition with Kyle McCord, but it really wasn't a competition um, in 2021. Like even CJ Stroud mentioned that when when Quinn got there and that this is obviously much different now, not, not apples to apples because Quinn got there in August. Uh, but it just it throws off your expectation of everything once you're already there and in mm -hmm. the program. And uh, I don't disagree from the perspective of bringing more talent like that is why caleb downs is there okay like i understand that people will say how is this different than what happens to malik hartford when caleb downs comes in well i'm mean, obviously it's different the quarterback is one guy on the field and you're not rotating quarterbacks the quarterback's not playing special teams he doesn't have other ways to contribute um but my perception of it hasn't changed and that's a, i believe probably too much uh, and maybe i'm too romantic about like the old school culture building and championship you know rosters start with love and maybe that's just me and i i i, I that's i grew up playing sports i grew up in a family of 11 children like I, I when things were said when this was the arrangement if things changed and it became like hey that's not cool um but it is a different world now and julian saying is making this decision this and i think this is where like i start to lean towards i get it um Aaron Nolan is at Ohio State. He's been there for two weeks. He's working out with the team. He's doing the things he needs to do to get ready. Like he had, uh, he's he's got his NIL situation figured out. They know what they're doing. 
this isn't a situation where like they're reaching out to Julian Say and saying, Hey buddy, we we've got a X amount of money for you. Like, come on, let's do this. This is him saying, I want to take this shot. This is Julian Sayan's family saying when Nick Saban retired, Ohio State is the place that he needs to be. Like this was this was initiated by the family. And so they're not coming in here into this situation with the pretense of I'm the big swinging D on campus. Okay. Like this is a I'm going to come in and I'm the I'm upsetting the apple cart. So I actually think you might get a a different expect like I'm not going to sit here and, and talk about or pretend I know every conversation that happened with Quinn Ewers in August of 2021. But I believe firmly that when Quinn got to Ohio State, he was of the mindset that it was going to be easy and that things yeah. were going to work out for him. And he was, you know, Quinn Ewers and he was going to be the, the starting quarterback before he knew it, et cetera. And then five months later, he was gone. This is not that situation. Um, long that's a long-winded way of saying i i get it i do get it i just don't like it like but i i don't disagree with it i just don't like it yeah you don't but what you don't like is more of a commentary on college football at large yes Ohio State yeah because you have to do it if you want to beat georgia right. if you want to beat michigan you want to be like this is what has to happen there you that's what i wrote on sunday at, at rivals.com over ohiostate.rivals.com like the obligation for ryan day is to put the best players on the field possible for Ohio State. And if that player is Julian Sane and he happens to call a month after signing day, then you got to do it. And I get I get it. I I do believe that the initial instinct from Ryan Day was to say thanks but no thanks. But again, and and this is something we've talked about, and maybe it's a bit of a broken record over these last few weeks, much like my AirPods, um, <laughs> is that this is a new Ryan Day. And I think it's just another example of Ryan Day stepping outside of what has made him comfortable in the previous five years of his employ at Ohio State and saying oh, everything's on the table this year. There is there is nothing that you can hold back. And if the number one quarterback in the country, uh, by your own estimation, and again, Ryan Day, like quarterback is his thing. If this is the guy he believes is the best QB in the country, how do you say no? Yeah, that that's ultimately where where I've come around to is how how do you say no? And I, I really don't think you should say no. Um, again, like if if they had said no, I I don't think it's the, the the most egregious thing in the world. But but I I in their shoes would have done what they did and 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 say yes. And I do think it's not easy, um, but I think it is explainable to Aaron Nolan. Like for, uh, the point that you made, it's like they're, they're not shopping around for quarterbacks because they don't think Aaron Nolan is good enough. Yeah. It just so happens that a really good one came to them and said like, Hey, do you have, do you have space for me? I want to come compete for the starting job. Like, I, I don't think if there's any thought, I guess, among the fan base that doesn't want this to happen um, or didn't want this to happen, that, that Ohio state was looking for an upgrade over Aaron Nolan and is like bringing in Julian saying and anointing him the next, the program's next starting quarterback before he's ever set foot on campus like that. That is not my read yeah. on this at all. This is Ryan day making his quarterback room as talented and as competitive as it could possibly be. And then hoping that through that Ohio state ends up with the best quarterback it could possibly have. And you know what? That quarterback could be Aaron Nolan because Aaron Nolan's really good. Um, if he and Julian saying compete throughout this spring, compete throughout next year to be whatever that looks like behind Will Howard. I guess that would depend on what Devin Brown ultimately decides to do and then go at it again next spring and next summer to try to be this team starting quarterback. I think that's really healthy for Ohio State. And and I think the end result is they end up with with a very young, albeit, but um, a quarterback with a tremendously high ceiling, whichever one of the two it ends up being. And, and I don't know why 
you would deny yourself that opportunity in the end if, if it was presented to you. So, so yeah. I get why Ohio State is embracing it now. Yeah, because fundamentally, the conversation with Aaron Nolan is not different than it was six months ago. Mm-hmm. It, it's not different. It's what makes it different is the detail of the timing. The the conversation when you when you recruit Aaron Nolan the first time is, or and, and when he signs is, this is Ohio State. The best quarterbacks in the country are going to come here and they're going to compete with you. Maybe maybe in, initially that is a year from now when Tavian St. Clair, the number three ranked quarterback in the country, vis, you know, signs and is starting his journey at Ohio State. But that was no guarantee of that. I mean, that's, that's, it's not, I, I guarantee, I know that Ohio State didn't sit down with Aaron Owen and say, we guarantee you there will never be another quarterback in this class. <laughs> it was probably assumed, rightfully so, especially because again, here we are a month after signing day. So you would not imagine at that point that it would happen. But because of the extenuating nature of the circumstance with Nick Saban's retirement, like uh, you can't, look a gift horse in the mouth and and that's what this is it is a it is a free gift of the country's best quarterback to ohio state the program that has been better than anybody in the country in the last seven years of developing quarterbacks so uh like seems like it's something you can't say no to and then when you look at julian as a player six two six two two hundred pounds big arm like uh, there's a little bit I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of different comparisons about what you get out of him. He's not the most hyper athletic guy. He's not like a JJ McCarthy, Lincoln Keenholz type of athlete, like that real, like lanky runner who gets to the sideline quick. And, but he's got extremely, extremely high level football IQ, exceptionally good in the pocket, making time, uh, creating space in the pocket, like climbing in the pocket. He's, he's your very traditional California quarterback. Like, he gets it. There's a little bit of there's a not to me. There's a lot of Bryce Young in his game, um, but you were going to say Brett Favre. I was like, no, no, <laughs> no. He, he, there's a lot of Bryce Young in his game to me, but he's like legitimately three inches taller than Bryce, who's like five nine. <laughs> so, you know, you look at the quarterback position and you get used to the, seeing these six foot four, six foot five guys. He's he's just scraping six two, but that's not a problem. Six two is not short. You know, it's shorter. Yeah. Right. I think so. I, I've, I've obviously watched a little bit of him um, since we last talked about him on the Caleb down snap judgment. And the thing, and I, I it's, it's high school high, highlights. So I try not to make too, too much of it because they're only kind of showing you the good things. You don't see the bad things. You don't see full games. But one thing that did stick out to me was, was something you mentioned with him was like, yes, his athleticism, athleticism does not necessarily like jump off the, the video at you, but he did seem to have some good short area quickness to like move around the pocket to, yeah. to sidestep some stuff, to climb in the pocket, to buy himself some time. As you said, like that to me looked like it was at a pretty, you know, elite level for a kid who um, is, is not, well, I guess he's technically a freshman in college cause he was enrolled at Alabama, but he's not played um, a, co- a college snap yet. And, and I think that like pocket feel, I think is hard to teach too, um, yeah. or at least for, it's hard, it's hard to cultivate. I think in a really young player, and Julian saying theme seems like he is he is coming to college with that, um, which I think gets you a long way as you're a young player and, and you do you know got to learn all the ins and outs of the college game and learn an offense and learn more about reading coverages. Um, obviously, he can make all the throws. He wouldn't be the number one quarterback um, in in the country if he couldn't. Um, but I, I also thought that there was a little bit of an athletic upside there too that maybe could be tapped into a little more as he continues to develop physically. He had four rushing touchdowns in his senior year in ten games. Uh, in Carlsbad, California, this past season, he threw 24 touchdowns, only threw one interception, which was another thing that jumped out at me. That's a pretty insane touchdown 
to interception ratio, but there's just a lot of polish there. Same like same with Aaron Nolan. I think Aaron Nolan's a very polished player too, and, and won a whole hell of a lot down yeah. in Georgia as well. So so Ohio State is is bringing in now a second young quarterback that I think has a lot of sort of like intangible things clearly, but also physical tools that make you really excited, and also physical tools that I think will be apparent very early on for both of them when they start practicing for Ohio State. Yeah, I don't know if it's the number nine that he wears. It reminds me of Bryce Young, and reminds me of and and I'll say this understanding that people will roll their eyes, but the way he moves in the pocket and, and move and throws on the run and, and can just create time feels a little bit like Joe Burrow to me, the way that he does things. He's very accurate with the, with the football doesn't have like, he's got a, he's got a big enough arm to, to make any throw, but he's not relying on throwing a fastball every time he needs to like it, There is a little bit now he's two inches shorter than Joe and two inches taller, three inches taller than Bryce. So he's sort of in the middle of them. Um, as far as where he's at right now, but uh, I think that there's a combination of those types of of traits. Um, he doesn't have, I, I think, the the that big, bold, charismatic personality that Joe does, and some of the, you know what we've seen out of um, Devin Brown or, or even Lincoln Keenholz. He's a much more like level, even keeled type of kid. Again, that's that California cool thing. It's just like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's not it's not going to ever get too up or too down. Um, he's coached by Danny Hernandez out in California, one of the best private quarterback instructors in the country. Like that guy is, is really good at helping refine quarterbacks. And I think to me, like if you're talking what makes Julian saying, in my opinion, ahead of Dylan Rayola, ahead of DJ Lagway, the uh, Florida signee, ahead of Aaron Noland in the, in the list of like what makes this guy, in my mind, the best quarterback in the country in 2024, it's the, that word, that refinement to me is the, like he's just, a little bit more ready to play at the next level than those guys are at this point, I think. Not that he'll play before those guys because Lagway and Rayola are entering into a different situation, but I think that what you get out of him is a much more polished, ready-to-go version uh, of of a high school senior. Uh, before we wrap up here, what is the Bill O'Brien impact here? Like, I, is, that, is it just a funny coincidence that Bill O'Brien was at Alabama when they first started recruiting Julian Sane, or was there any draw to Ohio State because Bill O'Brien is now on Ohio State staff. I mean, I don't the news about saying wanting to come to Ohio State basically was announced at the same time that Bill O'Brien was announced at Ohio State, so I don't think that it's anything more than a very good coincidence. Um, but it does matter. I mean, and that's I've talked to people around the say in recruitment who uh, broke down like the relationship he had with Bill O'Brien because Bill O'Brien's who offered him at Alabama and was recruiting him at Alabama until he took the job with the Patriots. Um, and then Tommy Reese, who had been recruiting him very hard for Notre Dame and Notre Dame was probably the favorite for saying until Reese left. Uh, and then he ended up, you know, looking uh, elsewhere, but uh, it matters. And I think it matters more from the perspective that the conversations that were happening on Friday about do we really need to do this? Ended up being, I'm not saying influenced by Bill O'Brien, but his voice was heard. And I think that that is the professional mindset that you have to have out of and why you bring in a professional coach like that, someone who's been in the NFL that says, I, we understand that you have the desire to do right by people and the feelings, but that doesn't matter. 
We saw Caden uh, Proctor go to Iowa. So are there any more Alabama players at Ohio State might want to be adding before well, this is all over? You know what's interesting? I mean, there's been a lot of buzz since Thursday about Keon Keeley potentially entering the transfer portal, and immediately the buzz was that he was going to end up at Georgia, but that's when everyone assumed Caleb Downs was going to end up at Georgia. I don't know that those two are any sort of package deal or if there's any an ongoing conversation between them, but uh, if you look at Ohio State now and, and – We'll just spin off this for one second before really uh, it's not. This is a much larger conversation, but the the position group that like if you look at the roster and you go, this is the one area aside from right tackle, which we've already talked about, but we both believe Luke Montgomery can can fill that. Like, who's the guy at linebacker? Who who like that? This defense has a chance to be generational, and I don't like to use that term, but the linebacker spot is a hole. That needs to be filled. So would Keon Keeley, who Ohio State was recruiting as a four three defensive end, who Alabama was recruiting as a three four outside linebacker, does does he have an opportunity? I don't know. We'll see. I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to count on anything. It's it's you know it's late in the process. Kids are <laughs> Alabama kids can still leave anytime they want for the next couple you know weeks. But um, there are things like getting enrolled in class and that that still people pretend is important. It's all fake, man. None of, none of it matters yeah. anymore. Um, and, so, sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, it's it doesn't matter. And we've, I've joked about it before. The NCAA, not consistent at all. They can change their rules whenever they want. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. What does matter is that Ohio State has added another very talented player to its roster in the five-star quarterback, Julian Say, and he's the third player from Alabama that Ohio State has added this offseason. Uh, continues a run of really strong roster plays um, um, from Ohio State. And I think even more reason uh, to be excited about where the Buckeyes are going, even if this one is uh, slightly more complicated. I'm sure we'll have more conversation about this, certainly as we get closer to spring ball, but even over the next couple uh, of weeks, even before that. So uh, we'll wrap up this episode here of Stat Judgments. They have been brought to you, brought to you, excuse me, by Buyers Auto. Uh, that's Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Bill Landis. Thanks so much for watching. We'll talk to you next time.